0: You, you know you got to keep it under 20 because I only have so many fingers and toes. 17 right? is under so, so 20. Funny. I know. I'm just reminding you the rules of the game, all right? Chimney crickets. Is
1: that why there's only well, 12 days of Christmas? Because you can't count past that?
0: I'm just saying Wait. the songwriter was a grunt and we're going to leave it at that, all right? Oh, so... All right. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. See, I can get the introduction right. And somebody did send us an email, so we want to address this. Why we don't pre-record that that? It's because it's too much fun when we do it live and mess it up. So, I mean, we'd lose that if we pre-recorded it. And then Seska would have less to mock me about, and that would just ruin her day. No, no, no. I think she'd have I,
2: I don't think that's true. Yeah. No. <laughs> Robert, you were supposed to be on my side
0: for once. I mean, I get the ladies teaming up together, but Robert, you that Yeah, sorry, sorry. This is this isn't a
3: gender role. This is universal truth.
0: Ouch. You know what? You're all fired. I'm going to dock all of your pay. <laughs> oh no.
1: Okay. I know, right?
0: Um. So- I was going to say, so we're we're back uh, this week. Uh, it's airing a day early because, you know, Christmas is a thing and you've all got stuff to do, people. Um, but we are here with our holiday fireside chat. But before we get started, we are going to let our esteemed panelists uh, introduce themselves. We will start with you, Mel Todd, because you are right up at the top. Well, of course I'm at the top. That's where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> So humble, so
3: modest. This is a this is a family friendly show, I believe. So
4: universal I, truth, I, universal y- truth. Y- you know, I can't lie. I hate to lie; it would you know, make my nose grow and distort everything? Um, hi, I'm Mel Todd. I'm author of like thirty some books. A bunch. I'm in a bunch of anthologies. And my big series right now is the urban fantasy series called Twisted Luck. Katie, you take it away. Oh.
2: Um, I am Katie Cross. I love to write young adult fantasy, especially with a touch of girl power. And I love Christmas. So I'm so excited to chat more about fantasy Christmases.
0: <laughs> and, and you don't have to be a young lady to read them. Her books are quite entertaining. So you should check them out.
2: Yeah, I, have. Yeah, I mean, I it's really a did. touch. It's a touch of girl power. It's not it's it's not feminism raging in fantasy. It's just it's girls doing big things in the fantasy world. But A a lot of my my readers are male and they love them, so.
0: All right, Robert, last but not least, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Robert
3: Ross and I write uh, science fiction and contemporary fantasy. The science fiction is Paradigm 2045. It has two books out of that in market and Sentinels of Creation is the contemporary fantasy. There are six books in market. The last book of the series comes out in... January. And then uh, just this month for Christmas, I uh, launched a paranormal um, romance book called uh, One Heart That Beats for Two. And that just came out last week.
2: Is it is a vampire such, thing? It's a romantic title. <laughs> one it is. For two, that's the most romantic title I've ever heard. <laughs>
3: uh, it was, it, it, it was, it's an, it's an interesting story about that one. But yeah, thank you.
2: It's yes, he's he's a copy so I can read it. Yeah, I want. I want to I, read it now. That I offered
3: crap. a copy to Mel, and she's like, "I want it."
4: I said yes. How many times do I have to say yes?
0: Once more, Please. once more on air. And so, if 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 his, it's now uh, documented
4: that she said
1: yes, so you're stuck.
0: All right. Yeah, and you offered on air, so I, mean, I did. you Can't really back out.
3: I don't like and to impose, a, especially to especially a, to fellow authors, is because no one has time. And you're like, you know, here read my stuff.
4: Yeah, but did the problem is, is it. I like reading other people's stuff. But the time issue, I, I I, seriously, at this point in my life, if I had a TARDIS, I would go into the TARDIS and just read and then step back out one minute after I stepped in. And all yes. I'd ever do in it is read. I'd never leave. So I,
3: I would use the TARDIS to go back Maybe. and erase the test last three years of Doctor Who. That's what I would do. No, mm. I, Those are big I, words. I, Those yeah, are some big words, words there. So
4: I, I, I want it for it, selfish reasons. I want time to read where nobody can bug me. I'm sure Katie would like nobody pounding on her door going, mommy.
2: I I would Suska and I would go in and never come back. <laughs> never.
4: So, for, Our kids first, would be feral.
3: You could on come no back at read, the same that's... time and, and you'd just be older and they would be fine.
2: No, we wouldn't age. I think we could somehow make it so we wouldn't age. Right. Perfect. I think if you're in the TARDIS, you don't age. I think that's right. part of the rule of the TARDIS. And if I'm reading, I'm not going to be stressed. I'm not going to age. It'll be fine. Everything will be so fine. It'll just
0: be the timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff going on. All right.
2: Yeah.
0: I'll be a companion. So, there you go. So, so if you, <laughs> Robert's stuff sounds interesting, everything but his urban fantasy, which he won't even tell me if it has vampires, uh, all of that we've interviewed him about. And, uh, is it an audiobook? Uh,
3: it's not an audiobook. Uh, Wow, was that is that and that's is happening near That York. was
4: lightning and thunder. Sorry, hold a second. I'm guessing Mellor. lightning didn't strike because they still have power. That's
0: crazy. Wow.
3: And, and we we live right near each other. So that's weird.
0: Thor's that's so Thor loud. saying, "Why hasn't she gotten her copy already?" Oh snap!
1: It's all Robert's fault.
0: It's all Robert's no, fault. No. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. So, what was your question, JR? I asked if the God, new no, one was in um, was in audiobook because I like it when you no, read no, to me.
3: No, um, no. I, it was either not make it in time for the Christmas uh, release and the St. Jude stuff, which I guess we'll talk about, um, and, uh, or release uh, in print first. And normally I do try to release in all three formats at the same time, so I don't get yelled at. Um, but um, this time the, uh, all of the print and ebook come out first.
0: Okay. And um, also, for Mel Todd's book series, those uh, if those interest you as well, we've interviewed her about all of her um, speculative fiction series, and Katie as well. So if they entertain you, their uh, back catalog interviews are on our show. So just dive in. So.
4: so. And the strange man wandering behind me is my brother going down to check on my mom.
0: <laughs> what strange man? There was no one behind you. Are you seeing things no okay,
4: look, my house just shook. What do you expect? <laughs> so, uh, do we want to
1: talk about the St. Jude thing, or leave it to the end, guys? Let's do
0: that first. Why bury the lead? St. Jude's a good charity.
1: Okay, so oh, tell us about the St. Jude. Jude thing, Rob. Um, okay.
3: okay, so um, <laughs> there's a um, there's there's two, two different aspects to it. So, so the official aspect to the St. Jude um, is that um, a uh, fellow author, uh, Bryce O'Connor, does a um, is doing a um, uh, a book giveaway uh, or a book discount on December twenty fifth and twenty sixth, uh, and he's an author that I met at DragonCon a couple of years ago, and so um, so he, so he's asked a number of different authors if they would discount or make their books free on December twenty fifth and twenty sixth, um, and it's a it's primarily on on Reddit. Um, but uh, so, so then if uh, so then those, so a bunch of authors agree to do it, I think there's, there's like 400 or 200, some, some large number of books that are gonna be available. It's still, I think it closes today in terms of how many books there's gonna be. Uh, and then on those two days, the eBooks uh, will be discounted and uh, a portion of the, the money from uh, all the authors that have committed to send that to St. Jude. Uh, so for me, and in addition to doing that, when um, I launched the the um, the, the romantic um, paranormal romance that I, that I just uh, launched, which I didn't want to write in the first place, uh, but that's a longer story. Um, uh, I, I decided to go ahead and and donate uh, for the from the launch day through the end of the year and couple uh, and and kind of bookend uh, Bryce's uh, contest as well. So um, so that's what I'm doing. Cool.
2: That sounds awesome. I was a pediatric nurse and I freaking love St. Jude's. So anything to get that, that place, the money is awesome.
3: They, they are amazing. They really are. So St.
1: Jude's does amazing stuff for children's treatment, also pediatric research, which the nature of pediatric research is slow
2: mm-hmm. and, right. and, and intensive. Yeah. And they do a lot for families. Uh, It's hard to, it's hard to quantify just how scary those kinds of things are, but places like St. Jude's that are supportive of families, have resources, availability, like places for them to sleep, that kind of stuff. It's, 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 it's bone chilling every time I think about it. It just gives me the chills. It's so.
1: They do snow globes every year also as a fundraiser. And I always get a snow globe
3: every year Yeah,
1: because I like snow globes.
3: And so, uh, unsolicited props to you, uh Katie. That's just an amazing calling. So thank you for doing I, that.
2: I, I haven't I've I have not done it in in quite a few years, but yeah, I was a nurse for about eight years and kids are amazing, that's for sure.
1: So in the spirit of um moving on, <laughs>. little, she's she's hearing lots of noises in the background from Mother Nature and Father Thor. Um <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about winter holidays. Cause that's kind of the topic of the chat. So does anybody know how many winter holidays there are like officially
4: listed? Nine. I think you told us earlier it was eight nine. or nine. Nine. The nine. I had to look it up. They're nine. We're all
3: cheating. Cause you said it before the show. Nine. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't ask me to name them. All
1: right. So why? Why do you think there are so many winter holidays? Oh, hold on, the world? can
0: you name all nine? Because I'm thinking you forgot Festivus for the rest of us.
3: No, that my first, I remember that one. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. I so I can name all nine
3: if you want. She's you
2: know googling what? it right now. No, I have it right <laughs> in front
1: of me already. There's Hanukkah, Three Kings Day, Winter Solstice, Saint Lucia's Day, Saint Nicholas Day, Christmas, Kwanzaa, New Year. Mardi Gras listed on this list? Yeah, that's yes. that's winter. Yes, it's, it's I winter. think that's wrong. I know there's and there's uh, some people celebrate and classify Yule separate from solstice. So oh, I was going to ask
3: her. that because
0: about about that. They, the out, they left out
3: they left out Epiphany. I'm 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 horribly offended.
0: I that's thought so that's fun. what happened. today or Valentine's. Too nice.
4: If Mardi Gras is a winter holiday, so is Valentine's. So. And so it would be President's yeah. Day, but but so, so okay, President's here, Day is only in the U- U.S. It's true, it's true. But, but he, here's my issue: is that there's a difference between a winter holiday and a day of celebration that happens to fall during winter. Fair.
3: So true, true.
4: Okay, so. Uh, Mardi Gras is technically based off of the lunar calendar because it's a part of a religious holiday. So it just happens to fall in February because of how they count it. Hanukkah, yep. again, just happens to fall during that time of year that we counted. But it's actually based off of a historical event that happened in the Jewish history. So, I mean, yep. really, if you actually get down to winter holidays, you have Yule, you have Solstice, you have Kwanzaa. You have Christmas. And those, and maybe- I'm Christmas not sure that in that definition,
3: is. Christmas would count either.
4: Uh, well, it does count now. It, okay, it depends. If you're talking the birth of Christ, no, it does not count.
3: If you are talking right.
4: the Christmas holiday, it does. As because the by assigned day of the year.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that right. is one thing that's interesting is a lot of the Christmas holidays move a bit. Mm-hmm. Because of how they're based off lunar calendars. Like Thanksgiving's always the same day. Well, unless you're yep. in Canada. And then it's on a different day.
4: <laughs> well, boxing days in the UK.
0: But- wait, does yeah. that mean they put on gloves and go like pound the crap out of each other? I'd watch that. No. <laughs> no. The Queen versus the Princess, round two. <laughs> no. My money's on the Queen, by the way, in case you're listening over there in the United Kingdom land. That's
1: fine. <laughs> You can bad joke, Jr. Uh so I mean, does it have to? Does a winter holiday have to be religious in nature?
0: No, I don't think so. No. I don't think it started
2: that way. Like when you look at Yule, and yeah, like this, it kind of stemmed more off solstice than, mm-hmm. than so, it was Christianized. Yeah,
3: I think the so reason why what? I think to your your larger point, the reason why there's so many holidays is because People were didn't have food and were going to die, because like it's not like you could go to Kroger and get a, get a steak so in
4: depressing.
3: November. I so, was. I, so, so okay, it's like not going
4: to die. I think it's more they were trapped in their houses and had to have come up with something to entertain the kids, so they didn't kill the children or
1: each other.
0: I mean, okay. food storage goes back to the hunter gatherer day. So the idea that, I mean, yeah, there were lean years, but there were also probably plenty where it wasn't the case so mm-hmm. uh, i'm not convinced that oh they were just all starving all winter and I, I know that's a stereotype you see but most of the historical well, record doesn't
1: but i mean even now winter holidays are are important thing like even even people who are not into christmas Chris, christmas or i've seen people who don't even practice christianity who celebrate christmas and why is that though I mean, I have my own theory. I get presents.
0: Wrap it, um, <laughs> you
2: know. I think it's a culture now, right? Like whether or yeah. not you believe in Christ, there's holiday magic and it's super, like I want to say commercialized, but also just embedded in the culture. Like it's, it's a happy spot in December. It's winter. It's associated with, you know, snow in some places or togetherness or family, you know? So I I don't think the emphasis is always like a Christian slant. I think people create their own emphasis for the holiday
4: well I think
1: also some of it is we talk about uh, mental health seasonal affective disorder of it where it's so dark I mean I, I was talking to a friend who was stationed up in Alaska and they have tanning beds in Alaska I'm like why <laughs> she's like no because they need to spend so much time because there it does even in the south it gets it may not get cold but it gets dark early you know mm-hmm. And that does affect people, I think. So, and what's the big thing that almost every winter holiday has in common? Food. Okay. Other lights. than food? <laughs> lights. Lights.
0: lights. Comfort eating funny. and lights. Unless you're in the world of upside down land in Australia where it's their summer, I think. <laughs>
1: it doesn't matter it is. Yeah, what, really
0: what like you're doing.
3: I really would have a hard time yes. having.
1: Comfort
0: eating?
3: No, no. no. I, was, I, I always think about that About um, in the Southern Hemisphere celebrating traditional winter holidays in Ju- july or june you know so it's, my, it would just be tough for me
2: my sister-in-law grew up in colorado and moved to new zealand she's lived there for 10 years now because she married a, a a uh, guy from New Zealand and he's going to medical school there and they have three kids. And she says, Christmas is just different there. It has a different emphasis than in the U S like she misses the snowy, like Colorado Christmases, but now it's uh, school is getting out for their summer break, like right before Christmas hits. And so the big focus is like schools out and then like a week before Christmas, people kind of start talking about it and and you really start making plans it's not like this whole it's the first snow it's thanksgiving like this build-up it just the emphasis is really different there and they're like i just video chatted with them and she was like dripping sweat and it was super humid and hot and she says you know but they had christmas lights all over their their house so she like pushes tries to push some more of the american traditions that she grew up with but it's just in a totally different like cultural climate so she says she misses like the like colorado christmas issues used to but you know they still have fun with it so yeah it is different yeah see i find
1: that interesting because we had some of the same differences because when i was younger because i was in saudi arabia but i always just chalked it up to it not being a christian country where the dominant religion (laughs) is islam which is fine but i mean it's
2: it's a different emphasis you know yeah it's just different like culturally (laughs) overall
0: Does that mean they don't sing uh, the white Christmas songs that that, that they sing in snowier climbs? I mean, is that just weird to sing it in the middle of a desert?
2: I would think it would be. Sarah, I don't, I mean, I'm sure they probably see some of them, but I know her kids are like obsessed with seeing the snow. Like when they talk to us, like my niece and and nephew is like, want to see the snow. And then they've seen (laughs) snow before, but they like, it's so cold. And, you know, they're like, it's like her husband Reese is like, I don't like the cold. Like it's too cold here. So he'll like go on the snow. He just doesn't want to play it in the same way if I remember right. (laughs) So, you know, it's just. I think it's a totally different thing for them. Like it's, it's not, there's not an association with snow and cold and hot chocolate. I held held,
1: two years ago. I had that problem with my child and I held the hot chocolate hostage. Like, no, you can't have the hot chocolate until you go play in the snow.
0: Oh, smart. (laughs) I'm absolutely convinced that the road to hell is paved with snow. So I I avoid it where possible.
2: Don't come to my house. We're (laughs) under a winter warning and we're going to get like a foot. It's
4: nuts. Oh, I'm not going to your house. I want snow.
0: We don't get much snow here in in Tidewater.
1: I wouldn't mind as long as I didn't have to go anywhere in it.
0: I mean, we get a light dusting and they shut everything down. So there's that. It'll melt (laughs) as it hits the ground and they still close the world. Okay. Atlanta
4: shuts shuts down in a panic if there's snow.
2: In some places, that's okay because the South isn't ready. Like when I lived in North Carolina, when we were stationed at Bragg, there was like six inches of snow that fell and everything shut down for 10 days. Like literally then like all of Fayetteville, Vietnam, like all of that was closed for a week. But I was like so glad because no one knows how to drive in snow there. No one has winter tires. There's no plows. Like they're just not ready to deal with it. So I was like, yes shut everything down, keep everyone in their houses until we see pavement, because everyone's going to kill each other, because you don't know how to drive in snow. <laughs> so it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, totally a legit thing, because there are certain safety concerns. Yeah. So what is your favorite Christ-
0: you, you Christmas holiday? Doc.
1: Or not Christmas holiday. I really, I ran out of coffee this morning. Okay. You, you ran out of,
3: too. <laughs> ran out of so- with in here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you asked the question. Oh, what is your favorite us. holiday, win- winter holiday?
0: Mm. Um, Honestly,
3: New
1: Year's who's Eve.
0: That for? I think it's a panel question, but New Year's yeah. Eve is always It's fun. for
1: everybody. Katie already
4: yeah. said hers is Christmas.
0: So Christmas. Why should I love Absolutely. Christmas? In, An insane,
3: insane Christmas person, yes.
4: And I'm usually just, by the end of the year, I'm usually tired of the year. And I actively look forward to New Year's Eve because I'm a very big I'll start over again. And so I kind of really look forward to New Year's Day to try to set my year up and really hope that either the good things continue and the bad things don't or to try to prepare to make more good happen in the next year. So I think I honestly, that in New Year's at least for me, Tends to be more friend-oriented than family-oriented, and I love my family, but I see them too much.
0: <laughs> so, and New Year's also is the the year that or the day, the holiday where you can lie to yourself and tell you you're totally going to do everything on your uh, New Year's resolution list. You know, because when when Christmas hits and you realize, holy crap, the year's almost over, and I didn't do any of the things that were on my list last year. So, so New Year's is sort of like your reset, like I'm totally going to do it different yeah. this year. Exactly,
4: and then do the exact same thing, wondering why nothing changes.
0: Exactly, and then we complain about it on the internet because that's what you do.
4: I, um, did, I mean, Cisco will that's- tell that's- you, yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good about knocking things off my list and making the changes I wanna change. But okay, I'm weird. Most of you know this already, so.
0: I, I gotta start so, actually so. writing these lists down. Maybe that'll be the difference for me in 2022.
2: Uh, I, I think for me, you know, maybe, maybe
1: that you start with that as write my goals down.
2: I kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, Mel. I, I mean, I really love Christmas. I genuinely, I, I live in Montana and I literally live in the mountains. Like the National Forest is my backyard. So I, mm-hmm. I live the Christmas story that you want. Like I have eight inches of snow like another 12 coming there's I have a wood-burning stove as our sole source of heat like I kind of live the dream for Christmas because I'll be writing and it's snowing outside and I have a fire crackling but and I like that Christmas offers an increased opportunity like spend time with family and focus on like being together but I really like the sense of a new beginning in a new year I don't actually set new year's resolutions because I'm one of those people that it's like if I wanted something to change I'm not I'm not going to wait for a day to tell me to do it. Like, I'm just going to start right now. But I like planning for the like upcoming year. I like thinking about what books are coming out and the possibilities that lay in the new year. So I'm kind of torn between the two. I think I like the sense of possibility in New Year's Day. And I like the togetherness and closeness of Christmas Day. See, the last time I set New Year's resolutions, the world went to shit
3: it's your fault no, my, my your new fault.
1: year's resolution for 2020 was to spend more time with my family and more time with my friends and I'm like I'm going to go to X number of conventions this year which was more than I'd ever gone to in a year and I'm like because I wanted to see my friends and take the time to see them, to see
4: them. and, and then
1: everything
0: on on. canceled mm-hmm. Yes.
1: but I made new friends that year like Katie
0: I, so I Yeah.
1: Creative problem solving.
0: So the other part of the holidays that makes it somewhat difficult is they can also be troublesome for some people because, you know, sometimes when you have uh, traumatic things happen, and I'm not even just talking about war, just in general, when it happens near a holiday, that sort of gets cemented in your mind even more because it's almost like the world around you is a constant reminder. So I know some people, holidays are difficult. So that's also something that factors in but doc i think you had a more targeted
1: uh yes i did have a little bit more targeted but yeah i mean i think some of it is we give ourselves a high expectation of what to accomplish during the holidays
0: it's all because of you know they ruined it for everybody
1: have any of you but i mean it's a decent segue into the question of have any of you created a holiday story for your universes
4: this is me pointing at, at katie
2: um, I want to know what
4: you're thinking about it, Mel. <laughs> I want to know. It's just, I, I, you did a lot of holiday stuff in your writing, just in yeah. how the girls celebrated the various holidays. So that was yeah. a lot more prevalent than what I think I've done. Uh, technically, I was supposed to write a holiday story. Oops, didn't make it. Um, but they're still just our same holidays. Yeah. You, I... you wrote different ones.
2: So I uh, have a, a really strong Wiccan influence into my witches. Not, I'm not Wiccan myself. I love the community. I think they're really cool in what they do. But I write a world of witches. Like everyone in the world is a witch. It's just part of who they are. Um, well, I'm starting a new series where not everyone is a witch. But uh, part of that is I researched a lot into like Wiccan traditions and then just kind of pulled some ideas from those like Samhain and... Um, uh, yule was my big like holiday one so I have like sort of gently worked some of these into the books like on yule they're burning a yule log they're celebrating the winter solstice it's snowing outside they have like wassail or, or different types of like cider that kind of thing that they're drinking so it has some callback to what we experience so I think my readers can have a sense of this is familiar this is like me but it's a little different I I do have like some stories that I wrote that happened during Yule in my world, but I've never published them. I should go find them. It it was like a celebration that happened at the castle during Yule. And it was some kids that were like getting into trouble. So for me, it just pulls heavily from where our traditions actually stem from. And it kind of, it kind of stays within that witchy kind of area that kind of kept it all together for my brand.
0: So what is it about that that appeals to you? the whole the witchy thing
2: a lot of my books um especially like my fantasy they draw really they draw heavily from wild places right like the outdoors like i have this giant magical forest called leadham wood there's a whole bunch of there's like the salty jungle there's just a lot of like what we see here but amplified with magic so it's more dangerous but more beautiful and because my fantasy draws so much from these wild places i wanted to kind of like have that world centered around those wild places because they don't have they have magic but they don't have technology, right? So I I tried to pull from what the Wiccans already have because Wiccans have such a close draw to the earth. Like so much of what they do is keeping them close to nature and themselves and earth. And and I felt like that stood really strongly with the characters that I wanted to represent in these wild places on their on on Alkara their world.
0: Okay, <clears throat> okay. So, does anybody else, Mel? You said you started somewhat of a of a holiday in your story. Not not started
4: a holiday. More like I was going to write, some, and probably still, will, but I was going to write a couple uh, short story novellas or sort of things. Probably novelettas, just to do Halloween and Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff. More is, hey guys, I'm still writing the book. Look here. Let this let here. Read this while you wait for me to finish the next thing. I still have to do that because, yeah. I need more hours in the day. Did we mention time issues yet? <laughs> How about you,
1: Robert?
3: So um, I, if, if the question is, have you created your own holiday, no. So I I, um, I generally use kind of what people are familiar with, either pop culturally. So I have, have some references to Festivus, which I'm sure JR appreciates. Um, and uh but for the most part um i do have in several of the books a reference to to christmas uh it's, it's it's like katie it's my my favorite holiday of the year um and so some of my characters have you know poignant events that happen uh, around it oh so set of characters you know, there was yeah. there's
1: the one book um signals of creation novel where and that's actually when you and i really started talking and i was reading it and I messaged you, and I and I went. I don't normally ask this, but where the hell do you live? Because <laughs> you had so accurately described what happens every year in Roswell that I was like, there is no way he doesn't live
3: in Roswell. Here. this before. is too
1: creepy, too fun.
3: Yeah that that was so. a that was a fun one because because I got two different people writing me people that were actually. That lived or had lived in Roswell, um, wrote and and um, I guess for people who aren't watch, who don't live in Roswell are watching this podcast. So um, prior to recently, there there was a we had a mayor who had been mayor for like forever, uh, and um, and he would uh, in the, the square would get decorated the town square would get decorated for Christmas, and he uh, would read uh, Night Before Christmas in a little gazebo in the town square, and then Santa would show up. On a fire truck, um, and and the high school kids would would um, would dress up like elves and hand out free cocoa to everybody in the square, and then take the kids, um, and they would go through this little uh, one of the businesses would donate their, their their storefront, and they would go into a, a Santa's gift shop, uh, and nothing was more than five bucks. So you if you had four kids, you gave your kids twenty bucks, you know, spread it across them, and they would buy presents for the parents. Uh, and the elves, the high school kids would would take them around. So I mean, it, it was dripping with Americana, right? So these are the things that like Norman Rockwell type stuff, um, and uh, and I loved it. So um, so that was uh, kind of a scene before um, uh, in that book. And then the other half of the people was the other half of that scene is the characters are, get get married. Uh, and um, I'm a huge Rankin Bass fan, which just tells you how much I love Christmas. Um, and um, the uh, the scene was was mirrored of when Kris Kringle and Jessica got married uh, in the silent winter wood. Uh, so um, I learned from my fellow author, Mel, just yesterday that that was an example of resonance, which I apparently was using without being smart enough to know what I was doing.
0: Um,
3: <laughs> and uh, so that was, a, it was a, re- a resonance to Rankin-Bass Christmas.
4: I was explaining to him, that's a high-level writing technique. put it this way. My cheap way of doing it is I named my dragon Smog with a Z because instantly anybody who reads it's going to hear Smog and get the imagery in their heads. It's cheap, but it works. She
1: talked about it where she pulls and mixes in our traditions into her world. Mm -hmm. So uh, what tradition, if you can make a holiday, what would it be? Like it doesn't have Believe to be for your world, but if you could make a holiday, what would it be? And what would some of those traditions be?
2: I I have one for my world. So okay. in my magic world, so how my world, the name is Alkara. how it works. Everyone is a witch and they are just born with the ability to do to do magic. And the way that magic goes into this world is that there are goddesses and there are gods. The witches have nothing to do with the gods. They're only under the goddesses, even though they don't really know it or believe it. The goddesses, like, in their eternities, make the magic and they put it into grimoires, like books of magic. And then they just, like, kind of send the grimoires into Alcara. And a witch finds it and they practice the magic. And all of a sudden they have this, like, ability to do a specific magical system. So the grimoire might be about gardening. The grimoire might be about, like, transporting or... What, like, it could be about anything, it could be a super specific or super broad, right? So, there's all these grimoires that go into the world. So, in my world, I and now I might do this now that we talk about it is I want to create a holiday that sort of celebrates. The grimoires that have changed their world because some grimoires have like cooler magic that more people want to use and so more people use it and it gets spread into the educational system and some are super specific and super niche so only a few witches know how to do it or they they kind of hoard the grimoire and they don't tell anyone about it and they're only the ones able to do that magic so i i would like to structure a holiday around like the grimoires that basically give them the ability to harness the talent the, the magic that they have
0: neat so uh, if I was, I don't know, I don't know that I would make up a holiday, but if I was going to write a Christmas or, or sort of holiday story, I'd probably steal from actual historic events. So like the Christmas truce of 1915 uh, has always been something that's kind of moving. And if I could somehow make that it's work, in work. fantasy, what's that? I mean, no,
4: you don't get to say that because that's the first thing I think about when I think about Christmas is those battlefield truces every single time because I've read so many stories based off of them. And you your heart stops. You get goosebumps. They're awesome stories. So, no know, I, I, I have to so, agree with JR.
0: But it's, it's also the ultimate act of humanity because, I mean, in the middle of a war zone, like, there's that unifying – I mean, in this case, it's obviously because it was Christian nations at war. It was Christian holiday, but, but they, their shared culture was so strong that even in the middle of a war, they could stop for just that moment and just embrace being human together. I mean, sure, they're going they tried to kill each other yesterday, and they'll try to kill each other tomorrow. But for that like moment, it was, it was something else that sort of rises above. And then on top of that is that first person that sticks their head over the parapet and says, yeah, let's do this thing. I mean, he doesn't, or she doesn't know that they're going to get their head blown off that, that the other side is going to reciprocate. And so, I don't know. I just, there's something about that. That's moving. You were going to say something, Mel.
4: It's one of those stories where I could actually spend a lot of time discussing because my argument has always been, it has very little to do with Christianity because for the most part, these are people that have, they have no skin in the game. They don't. They're, they're being told by the people who control, the people who control them, you're gonna go here, you're gonna shoot these people. Okay, they, they don't have the option to say no. Most of them were very lowly ed, low education. They tended to be farmer stock. They tended to be thousands of miles away from anything that was familiar. And so you have one person starting to sing Silent Night, which is one of the most iconic Christmas songs. And it's one of the few songs that actually originates in a different language, but you can sing both languages at the same time because you can sing Silent Night in English and Silent Night in German and the beats match, the words are very, very close together. And I think it's one of those things that it brings a sense of home and peace and familiarity that really will cross all boundaries. And I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with Christianity as much as it has to do with the idea of home and faith and knowing that the person that you're opposed to is just like you. And that's probably why those stories always, always get me so greatly is because they transcend anything as constraining as religion. Does that make sense? Uh, you can yeah, tell I, I think just, about this way too much. You know, so,
1: no, The reason yes, I invited you.
0: So that does make yeah. sense. The only reason I mentioned the Christian thing is it just happened to be a Christian holiday that they were pausing for. But the story yeah, okay. could have worked if it was, I don't know, Katie's uh, insert Wiccan grimoire holiday the story could have still worked because it was the the point of the story I mean the point of what makes that moving isn't the holiday it's centered around so much as that moment of shared humanity
3: well I think a little bit of it is is the the only reason I I I think that it could have been a different holiday right but it would have to be for me anyway the reason why it, it was it was so perfect in that time is there's a dichotomy between what was happening in the holiday and what's happening in the war that was so stark that it broke through whatever barriers humans put up to to deal with things as horrific as war. So you're celebrating the most vulnerable, a baby, who is, uh, according to the faith tradition, right? The Prince of Peace, and you're killing people, which is totally not what he would be digging, right? Um, I agree. and, And so, you're just, how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile in your little trench that you've got, you know, um, uh, you're singing hymns uh, because, you know, Harry Connick wasn't dig- ding- singing then. So you, so you had hymns and then you had hymns on the other side and all of those hymns are all talking about one of, you know, uh, there, one of the faith traditions that's based around about peace. And then you go, well, let's go kill some people. It just doesn't make sense. So, um, so I think that that just shattered your ability to to kind of separate from um, you know, suspend disbelief, if you will, that this is like what I should be doing. Uh, and I think that Mel's completely right. The people that they're looking across the trench and go, I have no no beef against this guy, or you know, this, just what what has he done to me? Nothing.
4: And see, it's really funny because we could easily, it, it, granted, this is one of those conversations that's probably better at a bar, all of us with whiskey. or Everything's better in a bar. Um, that's but, why I'm there all the time. But start discussing how we actually do things that are so anti what we would do in normal situations. You can get into some really interesting things with you look at uh, Proud, how proud! How politics, how religion can actually start to affect what you do. But that is a different discussion, not the whole warm fuzzy holiday stuff. Oh my god, yeah. I think way too Come on, much. on, Mel,
3: take yeah, or, or Sesca, take control. You're letting this get out of hand. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I'm
4: sorry. Uh,
3: no, not <laughs> Mel. I was saying Sesco Crack the whip, Cesca. I, I,
4: I have lots of um, so my sister in law crochets. And so she's been crocheting us all stockings partially because when I was a kid, my mom made my brother and I stockings that have our names on it and everything else. So she felt like she had to make everybody else stockings. So we all have these big, huge knit stockings that we have That's to try to
1: fill up. No, those things are evil. I've made one. They grow. I swear they grow.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So Sorry.
1: I heard the the I I now have the storm front Mel had.
3: Yeah, I do too. Okay. So because you you and I, I mean thunder thunder in December is not something you hear a lot around here. No, no.
4: that that hit hard. I mean, I was still it's kind of surprised I had power after that one.
0: So shy of actually just putting modern holidays that we would as we would know them into your stories. So for whatever reason in fantasy whatever land they still celebrate the birth of Jesus. Assuming you don't want to do that, what are the, the universal commonalities of a winter holiday you think that you have to put in there to get that same uh, ambiance?
4: Longest day, longest night of the year. If you have any planet that has a tilted axis, the longest night of the year is always going to be something that resonates. You can't avoid it. Now, if you're writing it on a planet that has a perfectly equilateral, you know, so it, it isn't tilted, It would be interesting because you're not going to ascribe as much importance to darkness because darkness and light would always be exactly equal and exactly the same. But it's always been cold and it's always been the darkness are the two things that I think most holidays in the winter are about pushing back against. And, and that's why you have the solstice and Yule is more of the whole, we have reached the zenith of the dark and now we're going back into the light. Right. And I, you can't have, I mean, otherwise it's just a holiday that happens at that time of year, like Hanukkah. Hanukkah has very, very little to do with uh, winter. Partially because, well, it's from a Mediterranean country that winter didn't exist the way we think of winter here in North America. But Yule, Yule gener- uh, originated up in the Northern Hemisphere, probably, good Lord, Yule's gonna be mostly Germany and higher. So you have very cold, very dark. And if I remember correctly, a lot of the uh, things that we associate with Yule originated during the Dark Ages. And for those of you who don't know, besides the fact that I'm a trivia geek person, is that the dark ages were actually a mini ice age. And so it was very cold and it was very dark and that coldness actually went down much further than what it does today. And so cold is deadly when you don't have these wonderful things called power and heated blankets, so.
0: You got anything to add to that, Robert? I see you looking deep in thought.
3: No, it's just I I usually look deep in thought when Mel starts expounding because there's she has cool things to say. Um
1: there's a reason we keep her around. It's not just so the
3: hand
4: massages. That's because <laughs> I smoke meat and have good whiskey.
0: That too. she teases us with her food pictures. So so what about you, Katie? When you're, tease when you write me. This, I eat them. Don't brag. Nobody likes a <laughs> bragger. Uh so so Katie, when you write this this winter holiday. Uh, in your your fantasy world are what kind of things are you going to incorporate into it when you finally put it together
2: uh i really kind of stick to the basics just the cold snow and being bundled up inside and crackling fire like all those kind of generalities that i think at least at least people in our corner of the world associate with christmas the like being cozy inside when where it's warm when it's really cold and snowy outside those are the things i kind of like to read about but i also like to make sure that we have a dose of reality in there right because like mel was saying it it's cold and dark and like it's not it's not super easy uh all the all the time in the winter and so that's winter is when my witches tend to struggle more with like access to food or different things like that that they have to work harder to do the same basic things and frankly it's what i live right like i'm in charge of my heat source i have to chop firewood i have to source firewood i drive my utv into the national forest and i cut my own trees like that kind of stuff so then i always ask myself how is it worse in the winter how can i showcase that here and still keep the nostalgia of being warm inside while it's kind of cold outside.
1: So is there a holiday you've read and you're like, that would be really cool. I want to do that. (laughs) Because for me, there's always, uh, reading the Valdemar series and I cannot remember the name of it by Mercedes Lackey of the holiday. There's one where everybody kind of flips and it's all uh, there's a culture called the Teldrace and they have people who help them with doing everything in exchange for protection, like just magical beings that are not less defensive and offensive and they're in the wild. And so there's one day a year where they kind of flip it. And those people who normally take care of them, they're taken care of. And there's always some funny scenes when she covers it in the books, like them not understanding how to cook the chicken or something like that. (laughs) Um are there any holidays from there that you would want to like bring forward out of out of something fantasy and just be like this would be really fun
4: to do well now
1: <laughs> I was just thinking, I think I'm most, a little afraid of doing that with my because I really don't want to. Have to yeah,
4: do I mean most of my stuff isn't so much that I want to celebrate their holidays is I look at some of the cultural things and wish we were better at them. Like, oh, okay, stay away from a religion and politics, Melissa. <laughs> I think that there are lots of times where we would be better in a more less technologically advanced culture. I think it's easier to be generous and giving. How about that?
0: I do think there is a danger that too much technology in some ways distances us from our humanity. So there is something to that, I think.
4: Well, I think um, uh,
1: I, I do a lot of yelling at my friends when they're on vacation. Like, um, uh, a friend of mine is on a cruise, and I'm like, stop posting on the cruise. Do it afterwards. Pay attention to where you are. Wait, she
4: was posting? I haven't seen anything. Am I not, not her on Facebook? Not her, oh. different person. Okay, I'm like, like wait, wait. I have more than one friend who goes on dr-
0: floating ships of death and disease. You do?
2: Really?
0: You lost me other than one friend, Doc. Come on, we. Know.
2: <laughs> so, JR to, to answer that question a little bit, I would say at least in or Sascha, I think you asked it actually. Um, whoever asked it, uh, so like about holidays, about for holidays to bring forward. I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to think through all the books that I've read and like the different holidays I want, but so many of the holidays that I have my witches celebrate are just so based in ours as well, like Samhain which is, it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. It's actually basically the Halloween, like, right? It's a day of celebrating their dead and honoring ancestors, which is like Dia de los Muertos or All Saints Day or Halloween. Like it's all sort of the same. It just rings in a different way with a different emphasis and a different feel. So I actually think it would be fun to pull forward some of these other celebrations of the same basic thing at the same basic time and then just feel and see how they're different. You know, like, well, this is what, Like, we have Halloween and there's a lot of sugar, of course, in the US, and there's like costumes and whatever. But over here, it's like a more gentler celebration with Samhain, where it's more actually about the ancestors or Dia de los Muertos, like that kind of stuff. I think it's interesting to bring
4: forward what we already have and then see how it's done differently. See, and that's an argument I had with somebody. Uh, My day job company recently gave us some extra days off, and I was looking at these days off, going, don't care, don't care. The one that I think should be a global holiday, and this is me saying a global holiday, is I think the Day of the Dead should be a global holiday. Because I don't care what you believe, what religion, what ethnicity you are, all of us have lost people that we love. And I think that we should set aside one day a year to actually focus on the losses in our hearts, be it friends, be it family, I think that that would probably be one of the best global holidays to have is to give all of us a day to mourn, to talk about what we've lost and what we've gained. I love the idea of a day celebrating death because I personally feel as Americans, we treat death too much as the enemy. And I don't think death is the enemy. Trust me. I've seen too many people die and die a very slow, painful death where you realize that death is absolutely not the enemy. He or she is the rescuer that you cannot wait to have come in. So that that's the holiday I want. I want a global day of death that we celebrate death.
0: Well, it would work in the darkness of winter as far as it goes. Um, so it could fit with the, the theme, maybe a little less cheery than the screen you see before you if you're watching instead of listening. I, I do think there's something to that, though. One of the things that they they harp on at the veterans uh, for like the PTSD stuff is as long as you remember the friends you've lost, like they don't ever really truly die. So they become immortal as long as you tell their stories. And I think that's something that's sort of universal in many cultures, that, that idea. Um, that's why people write the sagas and the, the, the ballads about those that came before. It's as much about honoring the ones that came before them as it is an entertaining story. Um, so I, I think I think that would be almost a universal for both reality and fantasy um, so, stories.
1: Question: This is probably about our last question. What's your favorite holiday food?
0: Mm, ham. ham. Anything I nice did not
1: hand. have to cook. I got you, Boo. I got you. See you on
4: New Year's. <laughs> I'm so tired I, of cooking. <laughs>
0: Robert, what about you?
3: I I love uh, we. This is you know probably not very fancy, but I loved when we. I would wake up as a little kid on Christmas morning. Uh, my mom would always make those um, Pillsbury orange cinnamon rolls. So so um, and I I was an idiot. So I was like, she's been staying up baking these things. And,
4: and um, she's
3: and, um, over there. and 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 mom would would absolutely reinforce that delusion, <laughs> like throw some flour on her face and be like, "I was up
2: early." Um, I like but, her. I like her a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. So, <laughs> That's so
3: awesome. the the, the I'm gonna do that. And smells of of cinnamon uh, buns, and we so we have we have done all sorts of different variations of, of those um in our family and uh but but nothing ever competes with that artificial orange smell first thing at, at dawn on a christmas morning
0: So for
2: nothing like christmas artificial morning. orange
0: so for <laughs> christmas morning we always did a breakfast casserole which was basically like eggs and bacon in a in a casserole dish uh and cheese and horrible for you but it's the, the one thing we make once a year uh, if you're Christmas.
2: keto, that's, like, right on, right? <laughs> like yeah, it's like say, that
0: is breakfast. what I'm going to tell myself when I'm cooking for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, buddy.
0: So, um, yeah, what about you, Katie? What's your, your favorite holiday food you did oh. not answer?
2: Um, It's because I'm having a hard time. So, for us, Christmas breakfast was our big thing. So, we had my my two aunts and my grandma and grandpa would come over before we could look at our stocking but we couldn't open anything until they got there so while we were waiting for them to drive over for my grandma's we'd make this huge breakfast like bacon sausage eggs like just a tons of things and then we would (laughs) then we'd eat it and we'd go open presents so i have i really strong associations with breakfast food (laughs) and christmas for that reason but yeah i don't know if i can narrow it down because i i'm a big drink person i don't drink alcohol but i love like different ciders different like chai lattes like a lot of different drinks so for me it's less about food and more about the beverages like what am i drinking (laughs) not like not even an alcohol like through the holidays i get excited about
0: all right so so that's gonna ponder to one more question doc's gonna kill me but we're gonna do it so for everyone else do you have a favorite holiday beverage
4: Uh, okay so i just sent this to katie there is a company in England called Belvoir, and they make cordials. So they're, mm. they come in these really tall bottles, and they're basically a concentrated drink. And so you're supposed to put you diluted in water or something that poured into hot water is just awesome. They have like a, mm. a mulled wine one, they have a, a winter spiced one, they have a ginger mm. one, and they're non alcoholic and stuff. They're just this concentrated flavor, so you can make it as strong or as weak as you yeah. want. And then, okay. if you're like me, you add rum or vodka or yeah. something else to it. But they're really good because it's kind of like apple cider, but better, you know, because yeah. it's berries and spices.
0: And,
2: and now yeah, they just went to England. <laughs> they're Thanks. hard I'll to get a hold of over those. here. I'll
0: try those. What about you, Robert?
3: Uh, favorite uh, 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 beverage? Okay. Um, uh, I think that it would probably be um, like a a an Irish uh, coffee. so um, right. so when but it's part of the experience. so so it's you have to have all the different pieces for 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 me to for to be perfect. So you have the crackling fire, um, and then it's it's a combination of some some uh, Irish whiskey, a good uh, a good coffee curled up in front of a fire with some some uh, whipped cream and I got this from our priest where he, we we're always like how come his Irish coffees are so good and he would he would um, pour baileys into the uh, into the whipping cream so you didn't know where it was coming from and and so it's just awesome being catholic cuz you just drink as much as you possibly want without getting drunk cuz you're not supposed to get drunk so so um mm-hmm. So yeah, so so uh, Monsignor Maron's uh, Irish coffee with uh, Bailey's infused whipped cream. There you go.
0: So wow, I had hard to top that. Um, my grandma used to make what they call European sipping chocolate, which is basically like hot chocolate, like kicked up a level of it's like diabetes. Oh, yeah. in a yeah. cup, basically. Um basically. So, but that was always. And I, I didn't get the recipe before she was uh, no longer able to communicate effectively. So that, that one got lost to the vagaries of time, but that would be holiday beverage. Cause everything else I could name, I, you could drink year round. Um,
1: so I like me, the smell
0: me- of a, Oh, I would say, I like the smell of a good cider, but I don't like the way it tastes as far as holiday beverages. go.
1: I love a good apple cider. Like a mulled apple cider is like, that's the first thing I make in the morning.
2: Wassle is Good. Christmas, right? Like the smell, the cloves, the taste. Yeah. So, yes. And then, uh, but I also love eggnog. So,
0: that's just gross. Eggnog is. Eggnog. Send just your hate mail eggnog. to Doc at Blasters and Blades Podcast. Um, so, so, what about you, so. dear listener? So, as we chime in oh. when we share this, uh, if you have a favorite holiday tradition, share it in the comments. If you have, wait, everyone's answered. Favorite...
1: Holiday... Yes, you did. Yeah, everyone's answered. So I didn't
0: answer have... my food today. Oh, well what is your favorite food, doc?
1: I would say my favorite holiday food is there's one we make from our family called eggplant pie and it's basically like a mock souffle. I've never met anybody else who makes it. It has cheese, egg whites, eggplant and bacon. And there's probably other stuff in there, but I didn't I like it until bacon. I heard
3: the bacon. Once once yeah, you got bacon, so. now it's acceptable.
1: And um but there's also something and and poor Mel, she's gonna have to eat it because I'm gonna bring it to her house on uh New Year's. Egg
0: if Mel pants. isn't around in 2022, you're No, can I'm not gonna it. bring the
1: eggplant. I'm going to bring this Norwegian dish I grew up eating called the Gurkish okay. Norse. You might Does not like it, that have anyway.
4: lute fisk in it? No. Okay, then we're fine. I, I'm hasn't. sorry, I don't love anybody enough to eat loot
0: fisk. Just it <laughs> and cream so, cheese. Back to the audience, if you have a favorite holiday tradition, a holiday food, or a holiday beverage, share it in the comments, join the discussion, talk about all the cool things, and be kind. Because it's that time of year where there's no excuse to be a jerk. Be so, the best you you can be. So as we bring this to a close, we're going to ask uh, the authors that are visiting on this glorious panel what they're writing before they tell us how to find them. So we will start in reverse order this time. Uh, Mr. Robert W. Ross, what are you writing right now?
3: I am writing the third book in my sci-fi series. Uh, It's called Omandi's Demon. Um, And it's late because I tried to shoehorn in the other book that I talked about earlier. And it's hard to do that many in one year. So it's late. But that's what I'm working on.
0: Okay. And how can the listeners find you on the Wild Wild? And as usual, they'll be in the show notes. But how can they find you?
3: Um, you can find me on Facebook at Ross uh, author. They don't allow underscores for some reason and they own Instagram and they have underscores. So it's Ross author, Ross underscore author on Instagram, Ross author on Facebook. And my um, publisher site is uh, Spartamac.com S P A R T A M A C.com.
0: All right. And what about you, Miss Katie Cross? How can listeners find you and what are you working on?
2: I am working on my sixth Bianca book. So Bianca is my my main young adult fantasy character. I'm working on her sixth book. I am also very behind on it <laughs> because I tried to bring in another book that I should not have been doing at the same time. So I I feel your pain there, Rob. Um, I I have started co a co-written series with a, another author that's completely outside my fantasy world, but it's still a fantasy book. So I'm excited to. Bring my readers this whole whole new series that has nothing to do with Alcara, and the best place to find me, I'm on pretty much all social media sites. But the easiest way to find me in my books is katiecrossbooks.com, and I think Jr. in the show notes, I'll, I'll make sure you have a link that they can get my first Bianca book, Miss Mabel's School Girl for Girls, for free. if They want to try reading it.
0: Woo-hoo. and she also has the um, the audio And if you don't like, uh, if you're like Doc and you are on a Bezos strike. Um, we don't uh-uh. on a like strike. But if you're if you're like doc and you don't want to uh, send your money to Amazon, she sells them direct so mm-hmm. you can yep. get the audio files and they can never take them away when you buy them from her directly. Just yeah, and when also. you see
1: stuff like that you wonder why I don't want
2: to buy my books through always through Bezos. Right. And we, we, way we, cheaper. Like I do audiobooks for five to ten dollars instead of like half like the credits that you own or whatever Audible does now. <laughs> yeah.
0: We all know that Bezos is the oracle of all that is right and proper, and we get paid to say so in the form of he doesn't kick us off his platform. Um, no, okay, yes, so sarcasm is paid, I'm not getting Sunday. paid. Come on. Well, you do have one published workout with him, but anyway. Um, so as usual, you can find all of her links in the show notes. And uh, Katie, you will have to come back on with your co-writer for this new series. Oh, it'll you. be
2: so fun! Yeah, you guys would love Derek. It'll be it'll be really fun because uh, we're using like Valkyries and and werewolves, so it's really fun. It's uh, not it sounds paranormal, but it's they're not really werewolves; they're just like werewolf side wolves. It's really fun.
0: That sounds so. fun. And last but not least, we have you, Mel Todd. What are you writing at the moment? Um, I just finished off a short story and sent it out to New
4: Mythology Press, Rob Howell. I am trying to finish off a second short story in the Hitman world by William Allen Webb and send that off. I'd like to get that done by the end of the year. And then maybe I can get back to writing book six of Twisted Luck, which I'm about 30, 40,000 words into it. And if I could actually, oh, I don't know, sit down and write, it might get done first quarter next year. Maybe mm-hmm. I The, the problem like- is, is that even if I get it done by like the end of February, fingers crossed, it's still a month, another month and a half to get through betas, editing, cover, formatting, and then get it up. So finishing the book still means it's usually two months out.
0: Fair. And uh, as usual, her show notes or, or her contact information will also be in the show notes. And I think that thunder that you heard at the beginning, dear listener, was actually Thor telling her to get to the work. <laughs> her, re- her readers are waiting and this is just not acceptable. Um, it's
4: not. I'm sorry. Life life and its bar- vagaries is um, keeping me busy. So unfair. I didn't do it.
0: I blame Seska because when in doubt, we blame oh. her. It's just what we do here. Uh, uh, and you for can- this
4: one, I can't. I'd love to, but yeah,
0: no, she's not at fault. we're going to do it it anyway, because why not? So you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email the show at podcast at gmail.com. Again, podcast at gmail.com. We promise that's the real address, and we will talk to you if you email us there. Uh, you can join us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen at facebook.com backslash groups, backslash a Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, backslash groups, backslash a Blasters and Blades podcast. You can support the show on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters, tack and tack blades. Anchor.fm backslash blasters, dash and dash blades where you can also support us on a reoccurring model, much like Patreon if you're familiar or you could support the show at uh, buymeacoffee.com backslash author Hanley. Again, buy me at coffee.com backslash author jr hanley be sure to put in the comment section that it's for the podcast and i promise i will keep my co-host nick garber who really does exist we promise and doc seska duly intoxicated they will drink until their liver surrenders
1: never surrender drinking
0: good for the liver though yeah you're like cleaning it or something right i
2: don't buy that (laughs) Depends on what you're drinking
0: pickling it i'm drinking
1: herbal tea so it's good for my liver
3: okay i'm choosing to believe that that's new Water. news to me and i'm choosing to believe it
0: so <laughs> just ignore all of katie's medical advice <laughs> nurse school what do they know we know that alcohol is good for you all right
2: our ends don't know anything nothing
0: so one thing except i learned from everything history,
2: the doctors don't know which is a lot a except lot. for how, to, how l- to talk to patients that's what we know <laughs>
0: One thing I learned in history from Ben Franklin is beer is proof that God loves humanity. So we, I mean, if, if, if it was given to us by his deity, then it must be good. So drink more beer
3: and dogs, beer and dogs, Yes.
2: beer and dogs, right. I and, bacon. The dogs. and bacon and bacon. bacon is
1: amazing.
3: Beer, bacon and dogs. There's the name of the next book. Someone write that.
0: Yes. All right. We will buy, if you write that, come, we want to talk about it here and we'll even let Robert Ross co-host that episode. So people. All right. Have a happy holidays. Enjoy the year. Don't do anything too stupid. Are we going to do any of our
1: normal clothes out or are you going to just
0: yabber? I mean, I guess you can talk, but I wasn't sure your internet liked you that much.
1: (sighs) Well, it likes me more than you do.
3: Wow. (laughs) Thanks thanks
0: for this chat. (laughs) (laughs) Get a little spicy up in here. It's always so (laughs) bad. bad
1: spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber who is uh, doing his job to keep things safe. J.R. Hanley. I'm Suska. This was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We hope to hear and see from you guys more in the future as I hope you enjoy your holiday no matter what it may be. And if you're eating pineapple on pizza and you post it in, in the,
0: the Facebook group I will give you mad props. And please uh, stop sending me those pictures. I don't need them in my inbox. Jeez. <laughs>